Welcome back, everyone. And again, I have a friend of the pod from the past, this past summer, John. Uh, John Glowetz came on the pod and talked about old Northeast rivalries returning. And we're starting a new series. Uh, I guess we'll call it a Northeast Bowl Talk. It's pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. We look at the bowl races in conferences later on in the season and review the projections of the Fenway, the military, and the pinstripe bowls. Uh, John, before we start, do you have anything to say? Uh, I guess a quick reintroduction of yourself and your work as well. Sure, Omar. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great to be back. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just a big Northeast uh, guy, college football, college basketball. One of the few, as you know, Omar, who cares about college sports in the Northeast. So, um, you know, a Penn State fan by birth, a UConn fan by marriage, and I've just kind of adopted the rest of the Northeast as uh, as, as teams that I, I I follow. Some of them I hate more than I like, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you need that as well. Absolutely. And I guess uh, now more than ever with uh, not really a centralized Eastern conference and it's getting even worse, especially for schools like Temple. Uh, we, we need people who love Northeast football um, because, I mean, that, that's just where the roots of the game are. I've always had a I mean, I grew up in, in Worcester, Massachusetts until I was in sixth grade or until I was in seventh grade, excuse me. And, you know, it, it, I've always known that there is a respect and history and reverence deserving to, to the Northeast in football. And uh, I guess it's good that they have some bowls or the 21st century is able to bring us bowls into the Northeast. And we'll, we'll talk about that, uh, I guess, starting now. So I want to ask first uh, just a general question about the Fenway Bowl. That's a bowl I'm excited for. I'm hoping to go go to as well. Um, I, think, I think Fenway Park at all the ballparks has got the most beautiful I guess, sort of field alignment, um, you know, with Green Monster in the background on the sideline. It's just great. But love the Fenway Bowl, but I'm not sure I love the bowl tie-ins for the Fenway Bowl. So I, I want to ask, do you think the Fenway Bowl is already in trouble? Because as we'll look at these projections, um, there's not – the only regional team that they have in these, in these projections is Boston and Pitt, and even Pitt doesn't travel well. And then you'll see, you'll see teams like Memphis and uh, UCF – uh, making the trip to Fenway in these projections. So do you think the bowl's in trouble already? I mean, I wouldn't say in trouble. You know, a lot of these bowl games are just created literally for ESPN to put content on TV. So as long as that exists, then, you know, that's, there's no problem, you know? So I don't know if that's the case with the Fenway bowl, but I imagine they, they understand what they're getting into <laughs> when they, uh, you know, this is just the, this is, this will be the first year that they've actually played it right that last year um, it got canceled because of COVID. So uh, it's, it's not something that has been sitting around and languishing for a while. I assume everybody who's, who's on the back end knows what they're doing, at least to some extent. So, uh, you know, I'd love to see a team like Boston college play there locally. It might not be quite fair to whomever their opponent is, but you know, uh, not that many fans really care about football in the Northeast anyway. So uh, maybe, maybe it would be a, a pretty equal split if, uh, if one of the, the more well-traveling AAC teams uh, ends up in the Fenway bowl against BC. For sure. And uh, looking at these projections for the Fenway bowl um, that we have already. Um, and, and just going back to your point, actually, before I start, uh, you mentioned like ESPN being like sort of the conglomerate for a lot of these bowls. I talked to a Sunbelt guy on Twitter, one of the guys who writes the Sunbelt pages, and he mentioned that ESPN, frankly, does not care about uh, in-person attendance. They, they just care about putting out good content on uh, for these bowl games. So I, I guess it makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at the matchups they have projected. I'm not sure if the guy's projecting these, 
have that in mind. But I guess starting off with ESPN projection, you have Pittsburgh versus Memphis uh, for the um, college football news projection. You have UCF versus Boston College for CBS CBS Sports, which I think that's my favorite ball projections. Uh, very, I mean, very analytical in my opinion. They have playing that game. Also, UCF against Pittsburgh that time. This time, and for USA Today, which actually drops on a Tuesday, which is kind of annoying, honestly. Uh, wish you could drop on a Sunday, if it would just load. Uh, there we go. Uh, you had Boston College versus Tulsa, which I, I'm not sure Tulsa fans travel well. And then, of course, for Action Network, Pitt versus UCF. So out of all those matchups, which one do you think is, I guess, the most provocative matchup? Yeah, it's tough to say this early in the season. As we were mentioning, I'd love to see BC up there in the uh, in the Fenway Bowl, and I think they might end up in in a bowl of that caliber. You know, with uh, with uh, Djokovic down, they, you know, I, I thought with them with with him in the lineup, they might have ended up actually winning the ACC or or coming close and, and being in a, maybe a little bit of a, of a better, more traditional bowl. So you might see BC there that, that might make sense. And then it's tough to say, I mean, the, amongst the, the AAC, you know, they're, I guess that's, that's the, the fun part about these bowl games is, uh, you know, you're, you're playing matchups that, that you don't normally see. Um, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see, um, you know, maybe uh, BC or, or Pitt versus, say, um, SMU. You know, I think that would be really fun. Um, you got Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback from SMU, is just a gunslinger. Uh, I think he's got 20 TDs and, and five interceptions at this point in the season um, against, you know, against an ACC defense. I think that might be, uh, might be an intriguing matchup. You know, you don't have a ton of traditional rivalries or, or anything like that. So, uh, you know, you got to kind of just lean on the, on the flash and the, uh, you know, the, uh, the matchup in, in terms of the, uh, as, as much, uh, stats and as much eye popping, uh, plays as, as might be able to pop on the screen. Yeah. And you bring up SMU, a team that is far, but I mean, likely will be a 10 win team, nine win team, maybe uh, we'll see. But again, there's already murmurs of them being in the new, uh, well, a New Year's six caliber team, excuse me. Uh, so I, I do think that's interesting. I think it's interesting as well that uh, we'll talk about it later as well with the uh, military bowl, how the American sees these games as sort of like their New Year's six games and puts their best competition. Uh, I guess if Temple were good or, or if Navy were good, well, maybe not Navy because, I mean, they're a national draw. But if Temple were good, I doubt they'd be in the Fenway Bowl because, I mean, you, you want to put your best show on against these power conference programs. And I think that shows in these projections with especially UCF. Uh, I can't imagine um, Florida or people from Orlando wanting to travel to Boston in the heat of winter, uh, even if it's Fenway, America's ballpark. But I mean, it's UCF and it's it's good for the reputation of the conference because um, I think I think it's a joint decision between the American. Well, the conference is involved, actually, and ESPN to put the teams in these bowl games. Um, what fascinates mm -hmm. me is how they have Tulsa in this one. Um because oh, I think it was the it was USA Today that Tulsa going to this game, which that one's interesting to me because I think Tulsa at best may be a seven and five, six and six team, and not exactly the best team for that bowl. Um, mm -hmm. So I mean that one's interesting to me. I, I think I think something else as well to factor in is with with increased bowl games, there's inevitably going to be probably a few 
five and seven teams and of course conference obligations not fulfilled do you see the Fenway Bowl grabbing Army as sort of like a regional team uh, to fill that spot if the American doesn't have I mean if the American doesn't have any uh, regional teams available to play in Boston yeah I would I would think there'd be no reason not to I mean Army is looking like they'll probably be a nine and three team this year maybe even I mean, depending on you know, a couple of uh, bounces, the ball difference, maybe from eight and four to 10 and two, you know, so they're, I mean, they'll definitely have a, a pretty strong season. I think as we're, as we're exchanging on Twitter, I think they'll probably win the, um, the CIC trophy. Um, and uh, they're going to, you know, going to have a nice season, going to have, you know, a little bit of a groundswell about them. I would, I would think that would be a really attractive draw for the, for the Fenway bowl. If they could get army. And um, I, I think it's interesting, too, like we bring up Army um, in that the ACC, their bowl selection process, they don't have it's not into tiers anymore from what I what I've seen. I think it's all one pool after the New Year's six, because in past years you'd have like the Gasparilla Bowl. I think the three bowls were the Gasparilla Bowl, the Independence Bowl and the Military Bowl, which got which were actually in a pecking order and the teams that weren't selected by the mid tier pool. So with that. Uh, I'd be excited if they if they find a way to get Army in the Fenway Bowl. I'd be excited to see maybe a Notre Dame team on a down year, even though I think so, like a lot of projections have them going New Year's six. But um, a loss to Cincinnati, I think, could I mean make that less likely, along with another trip up along the way. But I guess what do you think the likelihood of Notre Dame making it into the Fenway Bowl? I mean, it it, it seems like so like so great. They had the game in 2015 in Boston against Boston College, and I, I think I think yeah. that would just be a great proposition, but probably unlikely. Yeah. If you'd asked me this question a week or two ago, I would have said, hey, you know, there's, there's a chance, um, you know, who are they coming off of? It was, it was a very lackluster win over who was it? Tulane or Tulsa. I can't uh, remember. Toledo. 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 Yeah. So one of the, one of those T <laughs> teams. Yeah. Uh, so now they're, I mean, now they're four and they're, they're undefeated, um, you know, big win over Wisconsin. Um, I, I know it was close until they really pulled away there in, at the end of the uh, fourth quarter. So, it, you know, now if, if they carry that momentum in that they had in that win over Wisconsin, you know, you, you might be talking New Year's six, you might be talking even um, playoffs with, with them. So it's possible that they really fall off and, and the, you know, the Wisconsin game's a fluke for them. But uh, I, I think that they're probably going to be in a, in a higher caliber bowl than, than the Fenway Bowl. Yeah, with the ACC, I think um, I think the Cheez-It Bowl has like the first selection of non-year six teams. And I've, I've seen a lot of projections with Notre Dame and Texas, which I mean, why wouldn't you have that brand name clash um, sure. there? I mean, so, yeah, it, it's a cool idea, of course, uh, for me just being an Army fan. Hopefully, I mean, we always want a shot against Notre Dame, uh, especially me, a history nut about I mean, probably was one of the most meaningful rivalries in college football for a long time. But um, I, I think that that wraps up our discussion of the Fenway Bowl. Unless you have any anything to add? No, yeah, let's uh, let's keep it rocking. All right, so we'll move on to uh, another ballpark, Yankee Stadium, for the Pinstripe Bowl. And these projections are more interesting because uh, they're kind of nostalgic in a way in these matchups that they have. I'm going to start off with I think my favorite of them, USA Today's projection being the being Pittsburgh versus Rutgers in, in New York City. Uh, Action Network has Virginia Tech versus Rutgers. CBS Sports has um, Boston College versus Indiana, which I think is interesting that they'd have Indiana and not. Well, they don't have, they have Rutgers not even making a bowl. 
but they have mm. Maryland slated for the Gasparilla Bowl as a substitute. It just a lot of stuff to to take in there for CBS Sports. Um, ESPN has Rutgers versus Virginia Tech from Kyle Bonagura, and Mark Schlebach has Purdue versus NC State, which is interesting. I think this hinges on Rutgers finishing at six and six. There's a lot of doubt there. And college football news has Louisville versus Rutgers. Uh, I guess a, a second, a, a Big East 2.0 rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. People, I guess there's not really a name for that era of the Big East. So uh, do you, th- I guess the big thing there is just the renewal of old rivalries. Do you think that's huge for the pinstripe ball? I'm pretty sure the pinstripe ball has had problems drawing because it has not looked full on TV when I, I mean, in the past few yeah. uh, editions of it. So do you think the conference rivalries will add something to that? Or I guess it does it not really make a difference. Oh no, for sure. It'll be, it'll be a huge difference. I mean, it's the, you know, the big, the old big East was more of a basketball conference. So it's, it's not exactly the same rivalry wise, but if they can get out of the big 10 Rutgers or Maryland in there and out of the ACC uh, pit, Boston college, uh, Louisville, Virginia tech, uh, maybe even Cuse. I, I, I highly doubt it, but somebody like that, I think that would be a huge draw. You've got a lot of teams that are, are well within driving distance, especially when you're talking about Rutgers there. So I think, yeah, I mean, we talked about, Hey, like the, the TV revenue is, is the biggest thing with these bowls, but I'm sure that, you know, they would be much happier to have the extra revenue from, from a, a lot of in-person attendance as well as, you know, it's, it's just a better product when you have a more of a packed stadium, you have the the groundswell, you have a, the optimism of a, of a team like Rutgers, who's maybe bowl eligible for the first time in a while. So yeah, I, I think the, that, that whole conglomerate, that whole um, composition of, of the rivalries as well as the, the locality of the bowl would be uh, would be huge for the, for the pinstripe bowl. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Syracuse, and I mean, I'm inclined to think Syracuse becomes bowl eligible. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you disagree with that proposition? I mean, right now, the the Atlantic looks like the ACC Atlantic looks like anyone's division to take. Um, and Syracuse, they've looked impressive. They had the big win against Liberty on Friday, last Friday night. So I, I don't know. You seem kind of iffy in Syracuse becoming bowl eligible. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. They're sitting at three and one. You know, that's not a terrible start. The only loss to Rutgers, who's who's looking really good this year. Uh, the bit of a, a quarterback controversy there with uh, with the incumbent Tommy DeVito being benched for Garrett Schrader. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. But I mean, yeah, the, the ACC is is pretty weak this year. So, you know, can they get four wins or or so? Yeah, probably. But could they <laughs> fall flat on their face and and lose out? Uh, could also be possible. You know, I I would not be surprised at 100% complete chaos out of the ACC in, in its entirety this year, both the Atlantic and the and the Coastal divisions. So uh, anybody's guess, but I, I think I think Cuse has a has a has a pretty solid shot. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so because the one the matchup that I'd like to see is Rutgers Syracuse. I think that could actually sell out Yankee Stadium. Um, I know Syracuse has tried the whole New York City marketing thing with uh, their games at MetLife. Hasn't really gone well, but I guess you combine that with Rutgers, who I think played in the highest drawing uh, pinstripe bowl against Notre Dame, which Notre Dame, of course, probably was like 60% of the reason why it was the highest drawing pinstripe bowl ever. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think that can be a close second too. And just it's it's a great story. Resurgent programs. Um, I, I always feel like Dino Babers has been on the edge of a breakthrough, especially after 2018. Um, well, I want him to continue the good work there. But uh, yeah, that that should be, I guess, one of the more interesting ones, especially if we get a, I guess, a, re- a reminiscence. I guess, yeah, reminiscence back to the Big East in this era of conference realignment, where I mean, I mean, no rivalry is safe, frankly. So uh, that that'll be interesting to see. Um, do you do you have anything else to add about the the pinstripe bowl before we head over to uh, the military bowl? Yeah, let's just talk a little bit about uh, about Maryland. I think you know we so we talked about can can Cuse or can Rutgers be bowl eligible? I think I think Maryland has a pretty good shot as well. Looking at the advanced metrics, in fact, well, like every team within the Big Ten East is within maybe the top. 50 or so in the country and Maryland is no exception there. So, you know, they got, um, Tulua slinging the ball. Uh, Michael Oxley looks like he probably has the, you know, the, the best team that he's had under, under his tenure. And, um, you know, they've got two stud, uh, wide receivers in, um, Rakeem, uh, Jarrett and, uh, what's, what's the other one named Dorsey. Uh, I have that right. Dante Demas. Dante Demas. Probably. I'm not so sure. I don't, I don't watch too much Maryland football. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dante Demas. That's it. Uh, so huge game coming up for them. Iowa Hawkeyes coming to town this Friday. So we'll we'll see if Maryland's for real or not. I don't expect them to win that game, but if they can be competitive in it, they can certainly be bowl eligible, and and maybe the pinstripe bowl is a good is a good draw for them. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. I mean, I've thought about that before. With um, I guess any of the years where Maryland's been on the edge of eligibility, um, I guess at any year they've been eligible, there have been like more attractive teams to pick for the pinstripe bowl, like twenty fourteen. Uh, that was Penn State's big return to bowl eligibility. So, uh, the pinstripe bowl went with them. I think twenty sixteen they went with Northwestern, and they used the old uh the old Wall Street co- uh, cop out saying Northwestern had a, a, lot, a huge following on Wall Street, which didn't really work well. That game looked poorly attended. <laughs> they said the same thing about Duke. They said the same thing about Duke in 2015 and did and did the same yeah. thing with a nerd with a nerd school in 2016. What what gets me about Maryland is I see a lot of swing games. Um particularly Indy. I think the games against Indiana and Rutgers, I think, will probably be like bowl eligibility elimination games. And I think those two. I think those two teams, well, pretty much those three, including Maryland, are like too volatile to tell at the. Well, I, I guess not volatile, but we don't know enough about Maryland, Indiana. We, I mean, we have last year, but this year, I mean, like we have the volatility for Indiana, and again, we don't know. We don't know too much about Rutgers. So, three, three yeah. interesting scenarios there. Yeah, the problem for yeah for Maryland and Rutgers, as we were saying, is they play in the Big Ten East, which may be the, the toughest division in, in all of football this year if they're if they're both in the big 10 west i would say bowl eligible no no doubt about it but you know can they scrounge up two and, and three wins respectively in the big 10 east this year eh, probably but those those wins got to come from somewhere and uh maybe yeah maybe they come against the uh, the big 10 west in those crossover games but but who knows yeah i mean they, they, maryland has minnesota and of course, we all know Minnesota lost as a 30-point favorite last week. I, I don't know what's going on with Minnesota. It's it's such a pretty – it's a pretty sharp decline. I, I've not seen anything like it in a while from that program. Uh, so maybe Maryland steals a win there, and they just get – they have to get one win out of um, 
either Indiana or Rutgers to become eligible. It, it, it's it's doable. It's just, I mean, it's too soon to tell. Yeah, and they they probably can can knock off a Michigan or a Michigan State in an upset or something like that as well. Maybe Penn State. Who knows? You know, the, all of these teams are are pretty solid this year, and there's no there's no gimmies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially Michigan State looked pretty vulnerable last week. So yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see for sure. It'll be interesting there. Um, going on to our last bowl, the military bowl, um, out in Annapolis, and that one's usually uh, that one's usually either Navy or Temple's bowl, but neither is good this year. So it, it's it's pretty interesting to see who gets slated for that one. And as I find, I forget which day. Okay, December twenty seventh found it. So we have SMU Pitt from College Football News. Uh, from ESPN, we have, or they have, excuse me, they have North Carolina versus Central Florida, which is pretty interesting. I'm not sure how far they expect North Carolina to slide. Uh, they have Miami versus Central versus Central Florida. Or I should say UCF because I, I've heard UCF Twitter hates being called Central Florida, so I'll call them UCF. Uh, and then for CBS Sports, they have Louisville Memphis, uh, old time rivalry going back to the Metro Conference in basketball in their independent days. So very interesting there. For USA Today, they have they have uh, yeah Louisville versus Memphis as well. And for Action Network with Brett McMurphy writing these, they have Louisville versus Memphis. So it looks like the growing consensus is a Louisville versus Memphis reunion. Uh, I am interested in that Miami UCF matchup. Uh, I'm not sure how far they expect Miami to slide, but. I guess out of all those, would you would you like to see a Louisville Memphis or uh, Conference USA reunion in Annapolis, or or change things up? I guess and get a UCF traveling up to Annapolis for I guess um, either you know a traditional power in Miami or a uh, I guess an exciting team like North Carolina. I think I'd be more intrigued to see the old uh, CUSA matchup between Memphis and and Louisville. I, I think probably if, if Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback for UCF was, uh, was healthy all season, I might be, I might be interested in that matchup as well. But unfortunately I think he broke his collarbone if I have that correctly. So he's going to be out for an extended period of time, might even be out through the bowls. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, I think I'd go Louisville Memphis. Yeah. I mean, I'm par- I'm partly intrigued by UCF Miami because I don't think Miami has scheduled UCF more than once. I think they have that one meeting in like 05 and and that's it. Or, well, not 05 actually. I think uh, they met again in like 09, but they don't meet often. And there's I, I think more in 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 Florida more than any other state. There's that whole big brother little brother complex between like the programs like the whether it's USF and Florida Florida or whether it's USF and UCF the FAUs FIU. And of mm-hmm. course, the bigger programs, I think that little brother complex exists and it will be interesting to get that game because, you know, the schools aren't going to schedule. You see uh, how hard it was to get UCF to in Florida to schedule a, a home and or, yeah, I guess a home and home and home for that one. So uh, I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I think it's interesting they have Miami going to that one because I assume that all the other bulls have passed up on Miami because Miami doesn't travel well from what I've heard. Um and I guess the other bowl that would be a draw that for a team like Miami would be the Sun Bowl, uh, just because of their name brand. Uh, they haven't played in that one since 2015, but there, there's other options available for the Sun Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'd be more intrigued by UCF Miami or, I mean, it, it's tough because it's tough to to really imagine the the military bowl without Navy or without Temple playing in it. So, 
Yeah, uh, but I don't think either of those teams are, are looking like they're going to win at least six this year. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's interesting, I mean, to see what they do. I mean, I'm interested in, like, North Carolina, like, how far they had them sliding because the interesting thing with, with the ACC is now we have to factor in something we haven't had to do in, like, six, seven years is factoring Clemson into a non-year six ball into these projections. And I got to think that the Dukes may actually – yeah, I, I think maybe the Dukes mailable would take Clemson, even though they had them in the kickoff game. Um, but I mean, there's North Carolina as well too. So I mean, I, I would I think that they'd get. It's just it's hard to tell with ACC who's going to be New Year's Six and who's not at this point. But that interesting uh, kind of curveball with Clemson not being good it really confuses things. Yeah, and maybe we have uh, we have a Wake Forest or somebody like that actually taking Clemson's spot and going going into the uh, the college football playoff or something. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it's exciting. I'm kind of rooting for North Carolina State in that case. And I, I guess we're getting kind of off topic talking about uh, non-northeastern schools, but um, I'm rooting for North, North Carolina State because they have awful luck. I don't think they've even won a division title in football. Uh, it's it's like it's real it's a really underrated snake bitten program like people don't when they talk about snake bitten programs they don't talk about nc state uh mm -hmm. i mean so i'm kind of rooting for them but i mean it's glad it's good to have someone other than clemson for a year even if it's just this one year yeah yeah we'll see but uh yeah i'm, I'm pulling for basically the entirety of the acc to uh <laughs> to, to make it to at least contention for uh for the college football playoff i think if we get an undefeated like a like a wake or i think it's probably impossible for for boston college to remain undefeated without uh phil jerkovic um but um you know if we could get an undefeated team like wake that, that would do it I, I think a one loss team is is in the acc is probably already out unfortunately yeah um yeah we'll, we'll see um yeah I, I guess that eliminates uh nc state then because they have the, they had their one chance against mississippi state i guess for a resume building non-conference yep. win I, I mean i guess their next best non-conference win would would probably be louisiana tech honestly um from the looks of it which it's it's not a resume building win um but I mean, I'm excited as well. I'm a huge fan of parody and I've heard comparisons to 2007, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that just yet, but it's exciting to think of. Yeah. Well, we're just getting into uh, conference play. So uh, we've, got, <laughs> we've got a whole lot more in store for us. Oh yeah. I I'm excited. Um, I, I guess as we close, what are, what are your, some of your games to watch this week um, in the, out of, in the Northeast? I know Boston college Clemson is probably the one on the top of your mind, but are there any other Northeastern games that you're looking at? Uh, yeah, like I said, um, Iowa coming into, um, into Maryland on Friday night. I think that'll be a real test to see if both these teams are for real. Iowa did not look great last week. Um, forgot who they played, but, uh, it was, a middling win. Uh, so maybe they were looking ahead to, to conference play or not. And then the, the big game I have for myself personally, and, and probably a lot of Penn state fans was, is the uh, Indiana Penn state game coming up this Saturday night, kind of a, hopefully a revenge game uh, on, on the loss to uh, Indiana last year for Penn state, which kind of started their whole downward spiral and a very controversial ending. If you remember on that, uh, that two, that two point conversion when, uh, the quarterback Michael Penix um, dove for the uh, for the end zone and 
if uh, you know, I've seen the camera review a thousand times. I still think he, he was out, uh, but yeah, they won the game. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, this, this adds a lot to the um, pseudo rivalry, I'd say, and, and to the, uh, to the, to the game uh, this weekend for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think that's overlooked too, especially with the uh, Indiana's struggles this year. I know a lot of people had Indiana as like a darling of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have loved to see them do well, uh, especially with Ohio State losing, but that, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a pretty good slate for sure, uh, especially. I mean, just I guess a lot of teams. I guess it's like a judgment day for a lot of – or, yeah, judgment day for a lot of teams this week in the Northeast uh, really facing, like, their first test because it feels like – I mean, like you mentioned with uh, Maryland, it feels like Maryland always starts, like, 2-0, 3-0, and then they get exposed, and it's always exposed badly, especially 2019. Yeah. That was – such a sharp decline. That was bad. September Maryland can beat anybody, but once you leave <laughs> September, they, they're uh, they're in for a different different uh, ball of wax. I guess I guess to round out the slate, uh, we have Temple versus Memphis as well. Just uh, just other mentions: Temple versus Memphis uh, rematch at uh, Lincoln Financial of that 2019 upset by Temple. Um, which it's interesting to think uh, how high a an undefeated Memphis would have been that year, how highly ranked. I don't think they would have been that high because their power conference, their power five win wasn't great. I think it was Ole Miss in, in a down year. Navy UCF, uh, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by that one because uh, I love the triple option and I, I just want to see if Navy works out the kinks because it, it's just looked ugly, uh, but we'll see uh, on that one. Then Army Ball State. Uh, to to round things out, and also UMass Toledo, a, a nice a uh, nice MAC rematch. I know UMass always brings their best out when they play Toledo, especially 2015 when they almost upset a ranked Toledo. So, uh, oh yeah, and I'm and I'm forgetting UConn, the, the the game that every every sicko is looking forward to, UConn Vandy. Uh, I I guess that'll be your final point, uh, John. Who do you have winning UConn Vandy? Uh, it's got to be Vandy. Uh, UConn has just been in such disarray. They looked actually pretty good against Wyoming last week, but uh, I think, I think it's Vandy. Yeah. I mean, I got to agree, but I, I got to feel like they're turning a corner. I do feel like they're turning a corner a bit um, enough to say that they'll beat UMass. Uh, I'm not too confident to say they'll beat Yale though. Um, and I say, I don't say that as a joke. I mean, Yale, they, they play up to anyone really. I mean, they beat army in 2015. So, um, but I, I think, I do think that 14 and a half point spreads too high for UConn Vandy. I, I think these teams are more evenly matched than we think. Uh, but it's exciting. It's exciting to think that a game yeah. Yeah, so, so bad is on the schedule. Yeah. I mean, Vandy should not be favored by 14 and a half against anybody. That's a, you know, like if there's a team that you don't trust and they're, they're favored by more than one score, take the points. You know, and obviously you cannot trust Vandy. So, so take the points. I mean, yeah, exactly. There, there you have it uh, for our betting friends. Uh, take UConn covering as they covered last week. And, and they covered against Army, uh, a very bad backdoor cover that I fell victim to. It's pretty upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's a different point. Uh, John, thanks for coming on. Looking forward to this next week. Uh, hopefully things change so we don't have to have the exact same conversation. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure they will. We, we've been so early in the season that they have to. And and if we have a 2007-like season, it's going to be changing a lot. There'll be plenty for us to talk about. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. Um, thanks, John. Um, and well, we'll see you next week. All right, man. Peace on the soul. Thank you. All right, yeah, take course. care.